Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 167. Uh, we are going to be discussing meditation and metaphysics with our guest, Brian Scott. Uh, I'm sure some of you will know Brian. We've had him on a couple times before. Uh, he runs the channel, The Reality Revolution, on YouTube. They do guided meditation. He does guided meditations and different videos on esoteric topics and metaphysics and all sorts of wonderful things. He's also the author of the book, The Reality Revolution. So check that out. I have the links down below the video on both of those. So check out his stuff. And while you're doing that, why don't you head on over to indrasweb.org and sign up to get an alert when the app goes live. This is the app that we created. Uh, pretty soon, you know, we'll be going live with it, but you'll get an alert if you sign up. And uh, why don't you head on over to Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. I actually just connected it to our Discord channel so if you are in discord go check us out on there uh, we have all sorts of new tiers i have different titles for each of the tiers and um, we're going to do this cool thing coming up called secret episodes where we're going to do secret episodes um, we're not going to release any information on who the guest or the topic or anything you know it'll be like a secret track like back in the day if you listen to cds and there's that extra track at the end something similar to that so check us out on patreon and discord if you have not already so all right. Welcome back on the show, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Of course. You know, all the way back, you were the first interview I ever did for, for my, for my, before when I got my channel started, the first person I ever in, interviewed with was you. So, uh, I'm honored to come back. Dude, you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, I remember when you started your channel, you had what, you know, a hundred subscribers. Dude, yeah. you have like, 250 subscribers, 250,000 subscribers, something insane. And you, and you helped me out. You showed me some, oh, you, you know, I don't know how much scenes, we did, how to but... set up my tags on my videos. It was, you were super nice and helpful. And so I owe you some of my success for sure, man. So I appreciate it. Thank you. No, I mean, I didn't, I was just being a nice guy, but I appreciate the, <laughs> uh, the sentiment. But yeah, seriously though, I, I do remember when you, you did get it started. Now you're rolling. You've got some, some some people paying attention which is awesome and you're active on facebook as well if anybody's interested he has a, a group on facebook as well uh but uh yeah i thought we'd talk a little bit about meditation because you do guided meditations on your channel um and all these you know cool videos to help people relax and try and lucid dream and all sorts of different things so um i wanted to ask you when you do these meditations um and you're walking people through it. You, you kind of start yeah. out and you do like a little bit of voiceover stuff, but then you just kind of like let it flow and let the music go and let the person acclimate to stuff. Do you have, is that something that you cultivated as you were um, kind of going, like going along? Like, is that something, or did you have that in mind before you started doing this? Well, if you go through the 130 some odd meditations that I've done, um, you'll find a lot of differences uh, when I do a meditation, it's not like a normal podcast. It really does feel like a piece of art. 
Uh, I don't know going in what it's going to turn out like. I have a sort of idea of what I want to paint or where I want to take people. It's different than me just reading some material or going over stuff because it's like a kind of an adventure, a journey. I'm taking people on it. So each time I do it, it's sort of an experiment, you know. Uh, the one time I'll, I'll I'll spend a bunch of time on relaxing, and then I might have another where we we only spend a couple minutes on it, and and so you know I I compare notes after it's what's it's exciting it's nice when I do a meditation I I I get a chance to get some get some feedback, uh you know I learned neurolinguistic programming a long time ago, and that I used to be uh, that used to be a primary business of mine. I master practitioner in NLP, so I use NLP techniques a lot, uh, and I'm also always experimenting. It, it, meditation, it's kind of almost a meditation slash hypnosis in some cases. In some cases, it's not, especially those sleep meditations. So, mm-hmm. You know, it's an eight-hour med. How do you do it? How do you fall asleep? It's like a what is the best way? Um, so every time I'm doing it, I'm learning and, and experimenting, but I definitely don't have like one modality that I use. People will notice some some trends, things that really work that I return to quite a bit. Yeah, sure. I, I I like the setup. I mean, I like, because I do listen to um, frequencies and music while I meditate too. Sometimes I'll throw on your stuff. You know, if I am trying to fall asleep or do something, sometimes I'll throw on I, I think it's meditative mind. It's a, Oh yeah. Uh, great channel. Some uh, great there's music. some, there's some track on there that has like 25 million views that I've probably given 10,000 to cause I listen Me to too. That, there's a know. couple that like really focus on the third eye and you can, you, you some frequencies that are combined in some of those channels like that one mm. that are just, <laughs> that are amazing. Yeah. Really I, are. I think, uh, the one I'm talking about is like 528 Hertz, I believe is the one that I right. listen to normally. And that one kind of is cool. If you're meditating, laying down, kind of maybe going to about to do a lucid dream, something like that. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like your, your, your style with that right. a lot. Um, now recently I've seen a lot of videos on these like older generation, you know, people from like the twenties and the thirties and the late 1800s mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And not even, you know, I know you do some Manly P Hall stuff. I know you do some esoteric stuff, but what's up with like the Neville Goddard? I see a lot of stuff on that. What's up with some of those people? Like, is, is there something about their work or their insights that you gravitate towards? Well, really the channel is sort of a, an ongoing classroom in creating reality, utilizing consciousness. So when you go back and you really start delving into consciousness research and meditation, those kind of things, there's there's several major periods. And one of them uh, was the New Thought era that sort of occurred in the 1900s to 1930s. And Neville Goddard was sort of a part of it. And then there's sort of a post-New Thought era where you get the Anthony Norvell, the Parker Publishing Group, some of those amazing books that you'd find that sort of it's had different copyright style where they would sell like magic tricks and magic spells and different things. But there was some really fundamental teachings inside of these. Some of it is copyright. They're easier for me to read. Um, but in doing that, I have found some just amazing books that have been sort of hidden that, ha- that hold deep truths, have very, very interesting information that slowly expand like an onion, the layers of what I'm learning as with anything, when you just choose to learn a lot about a particular topic, you're always going to find more and more information. It's just how it works, right? So um, right. that's the phase that that channel has gone through is uh, you know, Orison Sweat Marden, Ralph Waldo Trine, 
some of these authors were truly absolutely amazing. One of the really interesting ones, Joseph Benner. If you ever um, if you ever read about the history of Elvis, there's a period at the end of Elvis's life where he goes, he's like crazy about this book. Mm-hmm. This book that like everybody's got to read it. He, he was buying up hundreds of copies, just handing them out to people, going to the restaurant, just, you know, people didn't understand. It's kind of like, uh, you know, so you go and read this book and it, and it's like game changer. The book is, is, is it's like a voice that's speaking directly to you really transcends time and space and communicates the idea of, God and, and Godhood and, and your relationship to it in such a unique way. And so you know, as I read these, they they expand on it. One of the really interesting authors that I've recently started to explore is Walter Russell. He was sort of a scientist, physicist, also a philosopher who would communicate with Nikola Tesla and talks about the the science, the secret of light and what light really is and, and, and uh, how light works in manifesting matter and so, you know, as I go along, um, one author leads to another, leads to another, and they all kind of sort of tie together. So that's yeah, kind of what I'm doing with it. You know, I, when I sit down to do an episode, a lot of times I have no idea what I'm going to do an episode on. Okay. I turn on the switch and next thing you know, I'm, you know, next thing I'm finding this amazing thing. Um, so I you like know, it's that. never really a plan or anything. It's just always something just, this is what I want to read next. This is kind of uh, this in it. A lot of times I haven't read it before I sit down and then I'm suddenly starting to read it and go, Oh my gosh, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I like that style. That's why we do a live show. I mean, we come from the school of live, you know, jam band, right. you know, fish, grateful dead. And we try right. to carry that element to here. I mean, we have guests on, but I don't talk about what we're, you know, we, we might have a, I, what I do is I'll say, this is the title of the episode. Let's riff off of that kind of a thing, right. you know, like, so you have some sort of vehicle to kind of play yeah. off of, but I like what you do in the sense like what you're talking about, like it's kind of off the cuff, it's just from your personal knowledge and your reading and all that stuff. Do you think though, um, you mentioned, actually I wanted to bring this up too, you mentioned the copyright stuff and like um, there's certain things, obviously older works don't have a copyright on them or the copyright wore off or whatever, or or, uh, the time wore down on that. Do you think, like, I see a lot of people reading old books and stuff because you can kind of get away with it because there there is no copyright. So um, when you do that, uh, have you found that that actually, I think that draws a lot of people, right? Because people want to hear some of these old books, but they don't necessarily know how to get them or whatever the case may be. Yeah, a lot of times these people don't know about these books. There's sort of a gray period between in the 1930s to about 1960 where the author... Once the copyright expired, they had to send in a letter notifying them of renewing the copyright. Just this bizarre bureaucratic thing that they stopped doing. Bunch of authors didn't do that. And so there's like hundreds of amazing books. Somebody that owns a bookstore, I find these books. These books are amazing. Um, And they're just sitting there unpublished. Because people don't really know to find, as I have learned, to find out if this person sent the letter, you have to go through like New York um, library and find the the record of renewals and like scan through page by page to see if they, if they renewed it, you can even hire people to find out. So there's this sort of gray, gray period, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, And so there are these absolutely amazing books that, uh, that are in that little 
cafes that go beyond the old, old ones that you can find on Gutenberg and that the later ones. And so to, in, 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 as I've done this, I've just discovered there's like thousands of books right. that are just sitting there. And it's really, really unfortunate. There's some techniques and teachings, philosophies, ideas that come from this stuff uh, that needs to be explored further. They're, they were onto something, you know, when they were when they were with these teachings. So sure, yeah, yeah. For shout instance, out to uh, Sean Cahill. He wanted me to tell you that he absolutely adores your channel, appreciates what you're doing with the thanks, meditation Sean. stuff. Appreciate that. Um, and uh, yeah, so. I mean, you and I both talk a lot of, you know, we've gone back and forth and even texted yeah. about some like esoteric works and stuff like that. Um, when you look at um, a lot of the older stuff, have you thought about even going older? Like, oh, you yeah. know, like, like, you know, we're talking ancient style text. Oh, yeah. Or, I'm, uh, I'm, I will. Uh, I'm down for anything. I'm definitely going to read um, the, the Emerald Tablets at some point, if, mm. you, if that's old or not. Um, but then I, I have a, an ongoing well, the Emerald ongoing tablets are real. It's the, the question is, are I think a lot of people get confused is the Emerald tablets of Thoth. Um, you know, right. is that aspect of it re, right. you know, real, but, but the, still it, it the me, Emerald tablets are where we get as above. So below it's an alchemical tech. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. It's an amazing reading something I, but well, I have an ongoing petition cause I had done an episode. I've done about two or three episodes on the book of revelation. And a lot of people, they want me to read the book of Revelation. Mm. I mean, I, I will. I, I love some of that old, the Kabbalion. Um, one reason I haven't read that, which is one of my favorite books, is there's so many people have read it. It's just so many versions of it on YouTube. But I'll read that. And I'm the older texts are just as interesting as mm. the newer ones. Um, I'm actually reading that right now, or rereading it right now. I read, uh, I, I've started reading on the channel um, some books by... Um, Guy Ballard, who wrote um, as gay, um, Godfrey, um, Ray Godfrey, he wrote the under the St. Germain teachings, mm -hmm. which is sort of, uh, it's really fascinating, this guy that lived near Mount Shasta, completely could be, it's similar to Carlos Castaneda, right, mm -hmm. um, where he just goes and meets this person, you know, you don't know if it's true or not, but he meets St. Germain, and describes the history of the earth in this book called unveiled mysteries that i, I started this is 1933 hmm. and it, he's talking about showing it takes him into inside one of the grand tetons claiming that deep inside the grand tetons is like a one of their one of the locations and he shows him like what appears to be a hologram of the history using the akashic records of atlantis of mu of the sahara desert of the gobi desert of all these old civilizations and records that have been kept so that they wouldn't be lost knowing in, in, the, in the history of how atlantis all the different kind of destruction these are things that interest me these old books they may not be true mm -hmm. but there seems to be when you read them and i and i'll preface that when i read something hey this doesn't have to be true right. let's share this information and then you find there's a a thread that runs through it that there has to be some truth coming from it. Um, right. And so I'm always, I, I, it's really important. I'm always reading this stuff as not, this is the absolute truth. I'm not um, telling everybody, hey, this is the truth. I'm saying I'm a student. And, and the only way I can learn is gather more information. Some of this information may be wrong. It might be biased, might be racist, which I'll, I'll um, but I'll learn more about it. And so right. I, I want to learn. So I'll read it all, right. you know. Yeah, I mean, so you got to be some of the older texts, and you know, you and I have talked about it. It's like stuff comes up that is, you know, 
racist or unsavory at this point um or at very right. least you know ignorant so we got to some you know, of the old occult texts when they were trying to ex- describe the early history of earth spent too much time on the races they just right. they, there was an irrelevant discussion of how the races evolved on the earth and where they came from and it just comes off sort of racist and when i've read some of that i just skip it right you know what i mean it's not important you well, that's I mean? a whole different discussion too, right? The yeah. whole separating the art from the artist and things right. that are, you know, can you separate this chunk if there is some truth over here and then this other part's right. bad or disgusting or, you know, whatever the case may be. Because um, it's not even just about that either. There's other parts too where like, what was this? You know, like what, you know, right. there's a lot of different facets, you know, but this is how we learn, right? This is how right. we grow and... um Obviously, if you see it, you got to point it out and say, this is not cool or this is, you know, whatever. And you said you skip it, you know, whatever. But um, I think that in this day and age, um, you know, we have to be able to read some of these texts and understand and learn from them. But so moving on, I want to I do want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, meditation. So do you have like a personal meditation you know, I know you said you like mix it up a lot, but do you have like a regimen? Is there like a time of day? Is there uh, a style you prefer or is it just kind of all random? It really depends on how you define meditation, right? Because I think we're always in a phase of meditation. We're in our mind thinking you know, constantly, but dedicated meditation. I have several different kinds that I do. I try to at a minimum get 24 minutes a day. That That's always my minimum. Like if I didn't, if I didn't meditate for 24 minutes, then I kind of failed in, in many ways. I can find some way. Um, and so I, I, I've gone through a lot. I've just recently created a class and I've kind of treated meditation. If you ever um, did P90X, remember those? The, those no, but I, I do remember right? watching it on those, TV. The reason those were so great is uh, it changed it up. It's not boring. It's it's a new workout every day. You, you had a map, a, a, you had a, a calendar that showed, hey, this is the workouts you're going to do this week. These are the workouts you So I started with my meditation sort of creating like a 90-day program. Um, as I had found, one meditation doesn't do it. There's sort of a, a, a sort of evolution that occurs with meditation in, in terms of reality creation. There's a period of sort of incubation where you're accessing the quantum field and sort of letting go of what your concept is of the world. And just, you're not creating, you're not visualizing, you're just being. And at first, and I also emphasize silent meditation, which is important. They Mm -hmm. all have a part. There are some meditation fanatics that are very particular about their kind of meditation and they will get angry with you when you say oh this is meditation no you are not doing meditation okay and you need to sit a certain way and you're not allowed to think you can only breathe a certain way um i have a playlist on my channel which i recommend is how to meditate and i've gone and gathered uh alan watt neville goddard and several different um, famous authors and how they described what meditation is and what it should do. Many, many will only define it as you creating in your mind. Mm-hmm. Some will define it as you, uh, as you escaping and listening and, 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 and receiving. So really the definition of what you want for your meditation. When I use meditation, um, prayer in many ways is uh, you talking to, the, your, to God, the universe, your higher power, it's it's uh 
it's a sort of communication and meditation in a lot of ways is a listening so at first uh you know it was it's it's turning off and sort of opening myself up to listen to what's going on and as i did that you know i've experimented with a bunch of different styles but um the most extreme is uh wake up in the morning do a meditation do a meditation midday do an eight-hour sleep meditation which is not really meditation but is a form of of accessing the subconscious at night and doing that on a regular basis uh it's sort of like a workout where you you know you you kick it into high gear and you lift heavy for a week uh and in some ways i think that that's what we're doing and so i'm constantly experimenting uh i get bored super easy Mm. Uh, so there's a part of me, Hey, I, that was great, but I, you know, I don't want to do that again. I want to take this to another level. And so I'm constantly experimenting with breathing techniques and visualizing techniques and different things when I'm doing meditation. A lot of times it's probably not meditation. It might be self hypnosis on some level, Mm -hmm. uh, from what I'm doing. And, and, and so when I, when I'm coaching, I'm always recommending that you're at least getting some silent meditation going into the silence is fundamentally important. And so a lot of people may get distracted by doing online or YouTube videos. And so, um, there's, there's a place for everything. Uh, and, and, and so I've tried to design my meditation. The fundamental key with my channel is not to be the be all end all. It's to make meditation fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just simply don't meditate. And that is, Probably the greatest problem, you know, I'll talk to somebody, I don't have time, you know, you got five minutes, five minutes of meditation is huge. So what I have found after starting out having all these big ideas about what meditation is and studying advanced yoga techniques is that ah, a lot of that stuff doesn't matter. People will be led to the right way of meditating naturally. But my thing is to make it fun. I want to make it fun. I want to make it enjoyable. I want to um, give people that, that hey, this is something like uh, sitting down and playing a video game. I'm going to sit down and do a meditation because it's fun. Maybe I can see the beginning of the universe or travel to the Big Bang or, or right. travel outside of my body or imagine um, certain futures, affect my own reality, re- reprogram my subconscious mind. I, I can do those kind of things. But yeah, it's it's like art there's a million different kinds of art and there's no right way to do it yeah i had a weird thing happen two days ago i was meditating on top of my bed i have my own techniques i think i've gone over it on one of the episodes some egyptian techniques you said yeah yeah like well it was my grandfather who was like an inventor and like visionary um he had some techniques written down and you know, I took some of those and kind of, you know, implemented some other things and kind of have my, you know, but he was fascinated with ancient Egypt and, you know, he felt like he he was maybe reincarnated or something along those lines or those, you know, that's where he associated himself with. Um, but I think that, um, when I do meditate, uh, it's very, it's very interesting what happens. It's because it's different every time for the most part. There are some consistent things, but it it does kind of go in different uh, ways. But two days ago, I was, you know, meditating on the top of the bed, um, listening to the 528 hertz as I was, zone, you know, zoning out. Maybe mm-hmm. took a puff puff here, puff puff there. <laughs> and uh, I'm uh, laying back and uh, I'm, yeah, I'm getting into it. And then probably like 20 or 30 30 minutes in I had this like 
it felt like a few minutes, but it could have only, it probably was only a few seconds where I was in a different position. I was on the, the door was closed and I was on the, you know, on the other side of the room, uh, in my living room facing towards the bedroom and I was in the bedroom, but I was, mm-hmm. I was in the other room. It was the weirdest thing. I was sitting in a spot where I always sit like on my couch. Um, but for a couple seconds, I felt like I was in that room. It was just a really weird thing. It was almost like out of body. Um, I guess if there is like a many worlds thing going on, it could be, you know, I don't know if you, have you seen that show devs yet? Um, mm-hmm. it's on FX. There's weird things that happen where they show like all the different timelines overlapping each other. It kind of felt yeah. like that. It kind of felt like right. some timelines, like maybe, you know, I don't know. It was just really weird. I don't it know. sounds to me like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. And that can be more scientifically verified. You look, let's, you go read Robert Monroe. Um, it's a legitimate thing. It's not that you're leaving your body. You're never leaving your body. Mm-hmm. You're never leaving your body. As I started to study remote viewing, uh, I started to better conceptualize what was happening when I would have out-of-body experiences. As I, I think you can leave your body. It's different. When you have these situations where you're, you're, point of awareness is outside of where you're at in your body in your like body. near death people might be leaving their body right you, there's a, if anybody there's a quantum is, field that we access that is all time and all space um, we may access it when we do certain you know dmt and other things but you can access through meditation even for a little bit if you do you can you can access these other uh, are there variances? You can go into the room and see what's happening in the room at this time. You, you your foot level of your focal point of your consciousness goes outside of your eyes, mind, and body, and you can enter into other locations um, and and observe it. You know they you know they argue, and I have an ar- um, an episode of CIA where they talk about this stuff. Um, they you know that the government does this all the time that they have. People that are scanning using remote viewing, getting information for intelligence purposes. And the reason they're doing it is it works. Hmm. It can be verified. Yeah, um, there's that documentary, uh, Third Eye Spies, about Russell Targ and Hal mm-hmm. Putoff and, you know, right. you know all those I guys. Read, uh, there's a CIA document, The Gateway Process, that talks about using this. Um, and he's just using hemisync technology, sort of sound technology that... that vibrates and connects the brain and um and then using those different experiments different frequencies in in leaving the body so um from what i've understood and experienced i've had an astral experience where i've left my body usually at night when i'm sleeping Mm -hmm. and there's like a silver thread that connects to my body and it's it's different and then i've also been able to scan the the quantum field like they do in remote viewing i have a remote viewing meditation where i can you can if you follow those steps you can try it most people just simply try to gain pranayama through a nostril breathing for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then they sit there and the focus um you know remote viewing is not very good if you're attached to anything you have to be like the the neutral observer from it so right. if you want to go check out your wife you might not do a very good job of that because you're going to bring in your own opinions, ideas of whatever is going on. But if you do it and it's something that you don't know about or care about or it's unimportant, um, then you can access people. There's the Farsight Institute. If you got to get some people on your channel, I'd love to watch you interview the people from the Farsight Institute because they've right. gone back um, and looked at famous things in history. Who built the pyramids? Uh, they've looked at um, Go- Gobleteki. What, what, Gobekli um, Tepe. 
go go blackly teplay they've actually gone and <laughs> that's maurice's that. favorite to say too i i can't ever say it but they've gone and viewed what it was who right. was building it like they have a, a an episode I, I have a video of where they're discussing the characters now when you watch these people remote view they're not sitting meditating they're just kind of like mm, and then they're drawing on a whiteboard like and i can see i can see the clouds i can see a so they're just going through information that's coming in and it's sort of a, a process of learning how to access information coming into your brain and distinguishing it from your own imagination, something separate. Mm. Um, those are things that I learned through meditation. And so uh, we go back to the idea of what is meditation? Well, uh, there's everything is meditation. Uh, that might not be a meditation, you know what I'm saying? But right. it totally, all of it fascinates me. Um, I'm absolutely fascinated by consciousness on every single level. And something magical happens when we close our eyes and go within. If it's a meditation or not, when we learn the process of how our subconscious, which is essentially this God being within our body that is so powerful that that beats our heart, that functions all these different parts of our body that does everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and if we access this infinite intelligence that's within us, um, then suddenly your life will start changing. And, and, and so that was one of the reasons I started my channel. I would meet people that that are having a really hard time in their lives as i had and i could see it was just something simple as just the the way they th were thinking mm -hmm. their worldview and the way they were thinking the constant stream of thoughts had put them into this really tough situation and how, how do i get somebody to change that if 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 i can see that you know and I, all you can do is is teach meditation and, and learn about it myself and expand on it uh yeah, how, how I was going to ask you, that's like a fine line, too, because I see channels that kind of do what you do, but they fall victim of um, some of the crazies coming out and playing to the crazies, if you know what I'm saying. Like, how do They're you, how, well, how do you keep, how do you keep, like, look, you, you do help people. I see people on your forums and, oh, thank you, and, you know, there's right. a lot of people interacting and how do you separate that or how do you keep true okay. to like the content and keep things um, positive and, and, and not let it get to that like weird place where people are kind of looking to you for like all the answers or you are some sort of not deity, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. some sort of it's it, really interesting if you get a if you have HBO Max. Yeah, I found that new Heaven's Gate. Uh, I went and watched the <laughs> Heaven's Gate documentary. We're going to do an episode on that. That actually is actually super talking, interesting. When I talk about the law of one. Or even, you know, you talk about Urantia. He's talking about something similar to what I talk about. Mm. And I could see people getting sold on it, this belief. And, and you could, I, it's so easy for just to switch that path. Also, outside of just the deity, the deification of the guru, which, you know, never works. Um, beyond that, there's something about spirituality, particularly this sort of spirituality, uh, it invites psyops from intelligence agencies. I, I, I saw, especially during the elections, mm -hmm. I saw the most amazing things, really people that I had respected spiritually that are started just spouting off stuff clearly that had come from um, psychological operations or disinformation that they received. And a lot of people in the spiritual community are, are gullible to that because they're, they're open 
to these new ideas. Fortunately, uh, you know, I've uh, I'm I'm open to these ideas, but I, I you know, I'm a debater from college, so mm-hmm. I will always consider where it's coming from, and I, I have a certain process of filtering information that is important to me, and and sort of understanding, kind of understanding where like what the point of it is and what they're trying to accomplish. Well, and do you as, think I, that like where you're like strong in that sense, like you are just trying to help people and not really, you don't have like a god complex, or you're not trying to start a cult or anything crazy like that. But do you think that um, that's because of your intentions and that somebody that maybe doesn't have as good intentions or is just looking to make money or whatever the case may be, that's where that kind of stuff comes from? It's just like we're very malleable. We're very malleable in our minds, you know? Well, we see it all the time. We see people that have good intentions when they start. Mm-hmm. And it's a constant reminder for me, people that start out with good intentions. Hey, I want to help some people out. They, they get the taste of the money and power and all that other stuff. And then they change. Even Osho, it, uh, that uh, exactly. wild, wild country. I mean, he started right. off like there was a lot of people that love his work and his early books and revered right. him. And then, boom, down the line, this guy's got a hundred Rolls Royces, two jet planes, right. taking drugs every day, when, you know. so When I was starting this and I... I believe I have conversations with my higher self. It might be my subconscious or just some part of me, but I was um, had this desire. Hey, I want to have popular channel. I want to teach these things, and I was constantly being warned: "You're not ready. Hmm. You're not ready because uh, of what will happen." I, I had gone through so many failures and struggles, and now when I look back on it, I kind of felt like I, I came to the place where I would start teaching this stuff at the right point because I had been through some stuff in the past and it wasn't all that stuff wasn't important to me it you know I, you couldn't it was going to be very difficult to pay me off or push me a certain way i even go to another i think there are groups that try to push gurus out of the way i think there's other forces and i'm not speaking like them i just sometimes um it's an ongoing thing that mm. people that teach in the spiritual community become disconnected to what they were teaching at the beginning. And it, it, some people, they may be too young or they get a taste of the wealth. It's right. just one of those things. And then part of what I'm teaching on my channel a lot is part of that process of, I can use this wonderful technique, now that I know how to do it, to, to become abundant, to find financial wealth. And so a lot of times when I do that, you'll get people that'll post on the video, hey man, you're evil. All you want to do is go and just find money. It turns out it's all true. You were all about the money, Brian. So I, I do believe, as I've tried to teach it, that you you can create a prosperity mindset and still work as in in the service of others, and mm-hmm. you can do it um, in because as I you know the science of getting rich, it, the, if the best way for me to help the most number of people is to find wealth. So there's always, I think with even the best of us, a constant struggle um, when it comes to wealth and and how it works and, um, and the whole process and power and all of it, you know, I think it's human nature. I think it's part of the human design and hopefully knock on wood, I don't change, but you never know, you know, Mm. these um, forces are like that. I'll just try to continue to go back to what I originally intended and that was to raise consciousness, to teach about consciousness, and um, go from there. And I and I and I've told if you ever see me starting to act like that, where I'm starting a cold or I'm acting like I'm some deity, run, get the <laughs> hell out of there, man. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? No, so. that's, I mean, that's why I was asking, because like I said, there are people that, I mean, you've seen it. You've seen it in the UFO community. You've seen it in the, yes. uh, you know, paranormal. You've seen it in the uh, new age, you know? I, I think the new age ones is pretty popular now, too. One of the most, um, the, the, the craziest examples, I think we might have texted about a few times, but I had mentioned it in my group the other day, is the, is the David Wilcock example. This guy who's written some amazing books early on, clearly a very intelligent person, well-documented research, suddenly something happens. And then he comes out with this book where he's just talking about only himself, with delusions of grandeur, talking about being the reincarnation of Edgar Cayce. And and it was like somebody else took over. It's like this other person. And now, and now all of a sudden he's talking about the alliance and the cabal and using political metaphors and everything is, has got a strategy and he's got, he can sell you this special program for a thousand dollars. And, um, but the, by the time people have got to that point, they look at him as a credible person who is clearly intelligent and talked about this written books about stuff. So it happens to the best of us because when you look at the early David Wilcock, he's not crazy. You know, I don't know about Corey Good. That was just something else. But when you're talking about that, but that in the UFO community, that that is a, a, a particular example. You know what I mean? I'm sure we're going to get some haters on this video. But I mean, you know. yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, one if you're if you follow UFO Twitter, you know what's up. I don't even need to say anything more than that. So, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of what's real and what's not, is a very thin line too, because things that were, you know bullshit yesterday are now some sort of a truth today you know and um this super evolution you know throughout time of um you know even look at like psychedelics psychedelics were demonized and um, right part of the war on drugs and all that stuff and now it's being pushed you know through as medicine and i'm uh, you know i i can vouch for that myself having my own experiences mm -hmm. with mental health issues and using psychedelics so i think that uh yeah, I mean, you have to be careful and you have to just do your research, do your homework. Don't just watch one YouTube video or two YouTube videos or just right. one channel or two channels, you know, cross-reference things, you know, um, you know, go back and forth, uh, um, you know, look at things as, um, I don't know, you just, you, you got to do your homework is what it comes down to. And, and there's not enough people doing that. Uh, it doesn't take that much time, but I understand no. people are busy, but at the same time, it's like, if you're going to be interested in these things and participate in them, the very least you could do is actually look deeper into these topics and, um, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, when you, what is look, your opinion on, um, Stephen Greer and, uh, and the, and I, look, I, that CE five that came out, I, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of meditating and kind of, yeah. uh, tuning into something greater, uh, in terms of like a UFO or some alien, something like that. Um, I don't, you know, there's a it's, it's kind of a polarized thing right now. Cause you have, you know, to the stars Academy saying, let's watch out. Let's be careful. We don't know what these things are capable of or what they're doing or their intentions or anything like that. And mm -hmm. then you have Stephen Greer who kind of goes against that and says, Oh, they're good. And we're the ones that are bad or there's some flaw within us. And, um, you know, they're trying to help us, you know, achieve this, you know, it's been in the news lately, the Galactic Federation and, you know, with the guy, right. I think the guy from Israel came out and said, aliens are living among us, you know? So, um, when you look at that, I personally think that, 
um, I mean, he's he's obviously used the freedom of information for some of his stuff. So there is some legitimacy to some of the stuff he says. In terms mm-hmm. of like all these things, though, there's different narratives. So I guess it just depends on what narrative you're looking for. Do I right. think that people are going and taking pictures of, of aliens and capturing them like in that documentary? Not necessarily. But like I said, I like the idea of like um, trying to meditate and, you know, make some sort of contact with the universe, with aliens, whatever it is. Right. Well, yeah, it's, it, it may not. Maybe it's just the use of the word alien. Right. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, anything you know, extra or ultra intelligences you know. that are beyond what we understand that we can access through meditation. It could be an alien. It could be just an, an intelligence that's always been on the earth. Right? right. We don't know. And maybe we heard it by defining it in terms of UFOs or extraterrestrial. Right. Right. I don't know. But, well, I, I yeah. try. I just try not to like poo-poo anything because I. Who, what what right. the hell do we know? You know, like unless exactly. it's malicious, like we were just unless talking it's about. Obvious. Yeah, unless it's obvious, it's malicious, purposeful disinformation, or just wrong. But right. yeah, I'm. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no to anything. I, I. I can believe it all, and it could right. all be true at the same time. And like anything Even else, like you mentioned too, you could. You could start out with the greatest intentions and now, you know, there's documentaries and trips that cost money and think, you know, things like that. Right. So it's like when things like that come up, um, I guess I get it. You're trying to make a living doing that. I, that. And maybe that's your passion. I don't, you know, but it's, it's again, I, the only problem I have with all of that is when you start intentionally misleading people or intentionally putting BS or fake pictures or fake whatever out there. That's, that's when I get, um, right you know, a little cautious of things. But yeah, I think that uh, if I were to pick what's going on with the stuff, I just follow the military stuff and like um, the official stuff, you know, if that makes sense, because right. um, all of the other, you know, things out there. Yeah. I pay attention to it too, but I think that, you know, those, the gimbal video, the go fast, you know, like that's tangible evidence. Right. You have David Fravers accounts, those are the things that I just really pay attention to in terms of like, right. that's what I can hang my hat on in terms of when I think about this kind of stuff. Um, all the other stuff is interesting. I'll listen to it or watch it, but I'm not, you know, it's yeah. not, it's I want to talk about it. Like if, you, if right. somebody has some sort of a galactic cosmic view of what's going on, I will want to read everything. Even if I don't necessarily believe it, if there's somebody talking about a galactic federation and they have hundreds of pages of how it works, <laughs> I'm going to read every single page because I, you know, even if it's not true, I want to know. I want to understand that. And that's the most important thing, right? Is I like understanding how other people, what it comes down to is I like understanding how, you know, people think. I might not agree with Stephen Greer and his techniques or whatever, but I want to know what he's doing. I want to know how did he arrive at where he came to or how did this guy get there or how, how you know how are these people coming up with this i want i just want to know so i know to myself is it bullshit to me or is it is there something there you know and right. um yeah so i mean that's kind of how i, I just want to know i'm able to deduct what's credible from just listening and watching things i think you probably are too right one of the most credible things i've seen is channelings originally by the same group that did the raw material and the law of one where they have like five or six people in a med- in a in a circle and uh the being that they're channeling uh speaks through all of the different people like moving on and uses the you know how you when you can read a book you can tell a certain writer wrote the book you can tell by the syntax and the way they talk and they they can even go back and search writings to see if 
William Shakespeare wrote this, you know, they have a way of looking at it, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's a consistent voice. It's same as the CE5. They're probably using basically the same process. There's a consistent voice that's speaking out of all different people that has the same syntax, the same. Now, there could be explanations for that. Um, but then when I start going back and looking at other channel materials and other information, they're consistent and they're talking about the same thing. And so then you start to build a sort of, uh, you know, an outline of different information that may be consistent or not. You know, oh, that's the best way we can do. Right. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all look. A lot of this stuff is speculation. A lot of it is speculation upon speculation upon speculation. And while there might be some anecdotal evidence, you know, like you might be able to meditate and see some weird stuff or experience some weird stuff. But how do you um, bring that into the real world? Like, how does that equate to day to day consciousness? And like, right. maybe they're just two different realms, you know, like maybe, you know, the other realm is infinite you know, imagination and maybe this realm has limits, you know, something like that. Right. But, you know, uh, that's the way I look at things is like, what, what can you take, whether it's psychedelics, meditation, lucid dreaming, near death experience, whatever it may be, how can you take the lessons or the insights learned from those experiences and implement them in, into day-to-day -day consciousness? And I truly believe some of my most um, innovative and um, original, truly original thoughts have come while under the influence of psychedelics because they do something to you and meditation, mm -hmm. actually, for that matter, but not as much as psychedelics. Psychedelics really, for me, take me out of the day-to-day -day consciousness and bring me into uh, a different reality that I'm able to think differently, you know, right. connect different dots, if that makes sense. I strongly believe in what you're saying. What, what I if people watch my channel, I think that there's this general idea that there is, we're living this life with five senses on this planet and that's what we're living. But there is a higher level of consciousness with uh, a greater level of intelligence, more senses. That's another level of that, that is with accessible mm -hmm. that we can access, we can have access to. And perhaps um, as a part, we're in this some sort of classroom where we're moving up to this point. When we do psychedelics, we're we're temporarily accessing this higher level of consciousness. Which, um, you know, some some gurus will say, if we were to access this consciousness now, uh, we would go insane. Mm -hmm. uh, some I've even read some interesting things that that propose that portions of the Great Pyramid have an area that you can walk into that is this fourth density consciousness. And uh, they would train people. They would train for long periods of time to think properly. So they wouldn't, when they went into this, they wouldn't go insane because you start to see what you think out in the, uh, immediately. They start thinking of spiders and spiders are showing up or even more, you know, when you, when you talk about what you see with DMT, imagine all of that becoming real, mm -hmm. right? right. Um, and so I think it is a teaching tool. I think it's like uh uh, uh, just a way for us to access it. Um, unfortunately, it's temporary, you know. Right. I think we can access the same field that we're accessing with DMT and psychedelics and LSD. And I will almost argue that LSD is is more transformative than DMT in my own experience. Uh, DMT was temporary, very intense. But LSD, maybe it's because it's longer. Right. Uh, and maybe, maybe I just got some good stuff. You know, well, that's what um, people say is, you know, like ayahuasca versus DMT, like DMT is awe 
you know, it's just an awe inspiring event. You know, it's like being shot out of a cannon. And it goes while like that, ayahuasca, right. though, is kind of what you're talking about. It's longer. Right. You have more time to process things. You have more insights. You have more revelations, that kind of a thing. So I think right. that, um, yeah, I mean, that's probably why your LSD was more insightful. I'm not a big LSD guy. I've obviously done it a fair share of my the younger. speed I don't like, but I uh, like everything it's, else. About it's it, just, yeah. uh, it's just a mind, um, to me, it was always a, a, a you know heady experience, which yeah, that, that's cool for some things. But I like psilocybin because you can feel it coursing through your entire body, and it has right. um, obviously therapeutic effects. And with my OCD and depression and stuff like that, I think that um, you just feel it working, and it allows you to work with CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, too, for right. Um, you know, sorting out your issues. So it's not just, none of these things are just a cure-all. You can't just take no. ayahuasca or take LSD and be like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. You know, quite the contrary. You have to do hard work and, and um, put in the time with it like anything else. But well, it'll, uh, be in, it'll be interesting in Oregon if they start to develop some, some advanced, uh, now that it's legal, if they can find out and as, as they go along, find out some additional ways to make this into a truly um, therapeutic, technique you know mm-hmm. two weeks uh experimenting with different things i i have a feeling if if it does expand and develop like that it could be just incredible uh, you know it, it being people overcoming depression and never having to take any medication ever again yeah a lot of people or, have great success with ketamine too there's these ketamine mm-hmm. treatments and clinics now i think you can even get a ketamine prescription it's like a nasal spray it's called like esketamine i think Oh, wow. Or escamine, something like that. It's an exciting time in that. I think that yeah. if we let this develop and it doesn't get politicized, which it probably will, then it could transform the world. Mm. It really could. If it's done properly and scientifically, safely, so it doesn't, uh, you know, then I think it could be something special. And I think that we're in that process. We're going to reach a point where we can access what we access through these psychedelics, through advanced meditation. That's my belief. I've accessed these fields and had experiences that are psychedelic multiple times as I've gotten better at at meditating, mostly Mm -hmm. through breathing techniques, um, mostly through certain very advanced breathing techniques that I that I continued to work on over long periods using yoga techniques or awakening the Kundalini. Uh, But I've had this happen. And it's uh, I, I do believe that we will start being able to access this without psychedelics, but psychedelics help us to show that it's available, that it's always there. Right. Right. And I think though your point about science, I think we have to, at this point it's science is being used as the vehicle to get these things out of, you know, the legality issues and out of the darkness and kind of shed light on what they're capable Mm -hmm. of. And they've been around forever and we've had relationships with these, you know, entheogens and plant medicines and psychoactive compounds since we've been conscious. So, um, if that's the case, you know, I look at everything like cyclical. So like, um, you know, we've had golden eras and all, you know, like different eras throughout time. Um, and I think that what we're doing now is just kind of rediscovering things that we've already known for thousands of years, you yeah, know, like we've had rituals, there's been rituals, the Amazonians, the Shipibo people. And, um, you know, you go to, you know, look at the Eleusinian mysteries in ancient Greece, you know, from 1600 BC to 500, you know, whatever, 2000 years, this thing was around and, and, um, you were only allowed to do it once. So imagine doing psychedelics only once in your life. 
and through some sort of ritual and ceremony, okay? And they're walking you through everything, and you've fasted, and there's this ceremonies and rituals, and then you have this awe-inspiring psychedelic experience in the, the Telesterion, which is this amazing structure, you know, in uh, Eleusis. And right. you have this transformative experience where, you know, you go, oh, there's more to life. And that's the only time you're allowed to experience it. And that's so that that leaves you the rest of your life knowing that there's more to life. And now we do have the ability to take, you know, there's people that take DMT and we've had Dick Khan on this guy's experimented, done it more than a few hundred times, you know? So, um, you look at that and like, we're now relearning what we already knew and then trying to like push the boundaries even further in my opinion. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I'm excited to see how this develops. No doubt about it. Well, I know you only have an hour. Do you want to wrap it up here? I don't know how much time. I got a couple more minutes. Okay. Um, So, so what do you think about um, in terms of when you look at all your stuff that you've done with meditation and consciousness and Mm -hmm. altered states, is there something that you've figured out or learned since doing your channel and doing all this extra stuff? Um, that maybe you didn't know before, maybe believe in before, but now you do, or there's something that kind of came to light to you, you know, some sort of piece of information that you feel like kind of, you know, blew the roof off this thing. And not, not necessarily anything in particular, just, uh, an understanding of energy and how it runs through my body and how I interact with it beyond just my fingers and hands holding objects of how. I can manipulate energy and how I'm interacting with energy on different levels. Uh, what I what I always thought chakras were or energy centers is something completely different, almost like centers that r- accept and radiate and and project certain specific kind of energies that are related to levels of consciousness that we're interacting through. Mm-hmm. And as I've experienced these developing and opening up and connecting uh it's changed the way i see the world the filter that i have on the world uh, my understanding and so uh i've began to you know through different yoga techniques and inversion i've learned how to manipulate and move the energy in my body and it's 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 a game changer for me to understand that and also just in in general the biggest thing that i would go back from it is that um Everything is my, I didn't understand it and completely, and I would even say, I even say it in the book, but everything that's happening to me is my responsibility. And I've, I've said that, but I maybe didn't understand it until I could really understand it like everything. And so it's, it's this really powerful mindset to have, even if it's not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. When you begin to make the choice, I'm going to now say Nothing else is my, everything else is my fault. I'm not going to blame anything on anybody else. Nothing else is, is happening because of anybody else. It's all my fault. When I do that, it empowers me in a certain way. I start acting in a certain way so that I have more control over my life. And so when I combine that understanding with energy and I'm constantly ramping up my energy, it feels like I'm a magician. It feels mm-hmm. like I'm starting to see magic work around me with coincidences and miracles and things that just seem completely insane. And the more insane things I happen, uh, the more I learn not to even acknowledge the insanity of them, to accept them as normal. And that um, there is a fundamental link between my mind and consciousness to the outside world around me. 
the matter that is makes up all around me is made up of the same light that runs through me and i am i'm i'm connected to it and so i'm learning that more and more i didn't understand that and then definitely come to that conclusion more and more as i as i move forward mm. that's a good point and i mean something that i think we could all benefit from is taking a little bit more personal responsibility and the fact that you own it like that and say this is me this is you know, right. what happens here is something that I, um, these are my manifestations or this is my actions or my energy right. that I'm giving off. And, um, I think that that can help a lot of people, not just personally, but probably in like relationships and stuff too. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people that blame other people and blame, you know, this person or that person for their problems. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you see well, that a hard. lot, you know, especially a lot of online. Times when I teach somebody that. It's hard. They don't want to accept that all those terrible things that happen are their own fault. Mm. People would almost rather not. They want to have, it's so much easier to blame this politician, this event, this death, this thing on what's happening. Um, and it's hard. Some people simply can't, I will not accept that this is all my fault and all my doing. I'm guilty of it. I know. I mean, I know everybody is guilty of it, but I'm saying like, I, I this is good that we're talking about this because I'm going to try and start doing that to be honest with you. I mean, it's easy when you say it, it's like, that sounds so basic, but when you don't think about things, yeah. And when you don't think about it on a regular basis, it's hard to start implementing something like that. Like if you're in an Uber and they crash the car. It's my fault, maybe because right. I chose the Uber or whatever, even though it might not be. That, that's the biggest thing that, that, that some people can't get over. Clearly, that wasn't my fault. Just, just assume that it is on some level. You'll learn the link to it later. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And when you do that, the world opens up for you because then you have control over things you didn't think you had control over. And even scientific part of you says, no, I don't have control over that. But I do. When you just... It's even if it's a false premise on some level, it's a very empowering premise. And so when you just say everything is my fault, the wind outside's my fault. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Then suddenly you're starting to change things that you couldn't change before. There's an underlying belief that sort of blocks a lot of people. Uh, that I be- I believe that we create a reality. So uh, um, there's an underlying belief that blocks a lot of people from seeing that, that that we're taught from children all the way through school, that we don't have control, that these things are outside of our control, that we're just living in a random universe, that everything is happening randomly and we're just hoping today that a tornado doesn't come down on our house because if it did, it wouldn't have anything to do with us and we're just living in a random world. There could be a car accident tomorrow. Hmm. So there's something like that. And if you change that, there's something else that happens. There's some kind of change that happens in the way that you think about things. And the actions that you take once you start doing that are profound. And you'll start to change things, even if it's not true, which is Mm -hmm. what I always like to – even if it's not true, just forget about it. Just accept that it's true for now. Trust me when I tell you that. When you do this, it's – then then suddenly you're going to have a better life. And isn't that ultimately what we want to do? It's okay to have false premises if they lead to a better life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, look, th- those are some great insights and I think that can help a lot of people. Um, and, uh, I think that I, like I said, I'm going to try and implement that. And I think that I think about those things in meditation, but meditations, some, in my opinion, it's similar to, um, 
psychedelics in the way that when you come out of it, you don't have that full feeling or full picture that you did. So like I try and write stuff down similar right. to what I do with, with my trips, you know, while I'm in the middle of a trip, I might even jot some things down, some ideas. They, some of them don't make sense, but afterwards, right. but, um, but yeah. Well, going I, back to Neville Goddard, um, his idea is that imagination is God. Mm. So when you're sitting in, in imagination, that's God right there. So, um, if that's true, then we, we give an uh, we have an opportunity to intermingle. The thoughts coming through our mind are not your thoughts; they're God's thoughts, right? Right. So uh, you're interacting with that. You might not remember everything, but there's something about that, dude. Know? That's weird that you say that. I we did a trip report episode. I don't. I think I mentioned it on that, but I had a psilocybin experience in dark and darkness where I was meditating. Yeah. Um, where I was told by something or some force or whatever, this is the yeah. realm of pure imagination. And it made sense in the sense that I could think about whatever I wanted in that moment that was original and it had no ties to anything in day-to-day consciousness or anything right. like that. So I was in this magical realm of just pure imagination and, and, that might be, if there is, you know, a creator or God force or whatever, that might be it, or that might be part of part of it you know definitely a part of it isn't part of our role is just things to create like if you look at like what we do our you know we create and a lot of it's influenced off of the past and other people and this and that but i think we hold people that are truly creative and truly original up on a higher level because it is hard to achieve that right but they're not creating they're just accessing the imagination of the creator and they're becoming a vessel for that that imagination so well, people are tapping into something, Tesla, tapping into something, know, Steve right? Jobs, and I think, you know, right. LSD and coming up with the iPad and iPhone and all that. Stuff. Everything, yeah. Everything around us is a result of our imagination. And that imagination could be God. Hmm. And if it is, that's a really exciting thing. That means God's right there right now. You can just close your eyes and God's right there in your imagination. God's not, may, for most of us, is not going to speak words. Well, even the word God invokes a bearded Zeus, a a bearded Zeus like guy sitting up on the fluffy clouds playing a harp, you know, like, and when I think of God, I don't think of that. But I I think that most people, when you say that, that's the taboo of it, right? Of the word is that there's this magical sky daddy that's pulling all the strings, good, bad, indifferent. And, And reality is God could be part of our subconscious or like you said, the realm of imagination or imagination or creativity or right. the life for whatever it is. I think we're well, all connected. As Neville somehow. Goddard would explain yeah. it, um, everything is God. So there's nothing that is not God. God is in everything. So God is the devil. God is the devil. God is everybody. So you and I are individual versions of God. You are you, you and I are the same person. Hmm. You and I are God, right? That's how Neville Goddard would explain it. All of life, any living thing is God, any object is God, all of it is God. So is that pandeism or pantheism? It's one of those. I right? don't know if there would be, his word for it is that we chose uh, to individualize from God and go through this process on earth of living all these incarnations because we can't become something way, way better. And we continue to be an individualized version of God. God uses this as a sort of a process. He it, it feels like God wants to give us the God power, but we need to learn how to use it. So like we're, we're taking instructions right now because it'd be pretty devastating if we don't in, use it with love. And there's 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 laws that are involved in it. And so we're sort of on a um, but but 
how it, it's like the thought adjuster in your rancho, right? There is a something in you that is from the source, right? Could be. He claims that there that God is asleep in our skull, right? So that it awakens at some point, uh, but but is just dreaming the world around us, and and at some point we become aware and we awaken that oh yeah we are God. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it's very mm-hmm. enticing and interesting the way that Neville Goddard reads using scripture to justify it, saying that's what the Bible says, saying all the characters in the Bible are the same person. They're all you. They're all different. Abraham is a version of you. All of the different characters are different versions of you. And so that's why scripture is good. It's not some historical document because it's not historically true, but it's it's a divine document talking about all the different states of you. And so it's enticing and interesting to think about. And I just want to point out, because we did poo-poo the Arantia papers when okay. we found out about... I just Sad- mentioned that because I know you No, I know, it, but so I just want to point that out. Sadler, the guy who was associated with the creation of the Arantia papers, was also talking about eugenics and I think wrote a book on it. So that's obviously... But bad. did not talk about eugenics in the Arantia. No, I, I, so apparently right? we had a so- guest that brought up book four and five there's some questionable things in the book i again i haven't read those yeah. parts of the book so i can't speak to that but I, I i did look into it and there are some things in there uh like the parts that, that you know initially reading it i didn't know but when i went back and looked there right. were some things that and yes. i only mentioned that because i know it's you and i have both had knowledge of it so i was trying to give you an example no no and i understand you know that saying? but i do want to point that out because i don't okay. want to be uh people thinking because we did poo poo it and talked about, but whatever things come up, like you mentioned, it's, it's hard to um, separate some things sometimes because where you might see all the things about like love and light and all these wonderful things, there are some like underlying things of the times. And you can even do that with like our founding fathers, you know, and like, well, the argument you can founding fathers having like slaves and being racist, you know, right. On a rancher, you can make the argument that they were, the material in Urantia is channeled, and that his book on eugenics was not from those channeled entities. Could say that. I need to read the other sources, but there is lots of stuff, as I say in my video on it, that I just don't vibe with or don't agree with. Mm-hmm. It's it sort of Urantia sort of separates God from us. It says there's a God paradise somewhere out there right. that's creating everything, sort of in a way. So that's always been the thing that I didn't like about it because it sort of separates. Um, and I, you know, I don't believe that God, some dude sitting on a throne with a long beard that's <laughs> way out there. It's within us. Old Zeusy. Right. <laughs> but um, it's but fun yeah, to no, talk about. Right? No, no. I, look, these things are important to talk about because we have talked about these things with you, too. And if something comes up, you know, we like a, the episode we had with David uh, Matheson on, you know, like, yeah. You know, I had no idea about that, but when I looked into it, I'm like, oh, shit, we've talked about this a lot, and this guy does talk about some fucked up things, the guy that created it. So, um, yeah, we're not going to talk about that anymore. Not necessarily, um, you know. So the story on William Sadler is he's this doctor that's in Chicago, right? And And then somebody calls him up and says, we got this patient, and we don't know what the hell's going on. This This guy's a stockbroker. A total normal businessman, but he's sitting there saying all this crazy stuff. So they all start showing up and they start writing it down, right? right. And so that's how the beginning works of it. And then the, and then a group of them continue to start getting these sessions from multiple different people, 
that we're talking about along the same lines. Um, so William Sadler might be a total asshole, right? right. And so he might have been documenting what was happening. There may be a separation between the two. Uh, a lot of well, people okay, so this is time. where the, the real conversation would come in then. Is it because right. if if Sadler didn't write it or the words weren't coming from him, who wrote it? Who wrote it? But there are still questionable race things in the Urantia paper. Again, I haven't read through the whole parts four and five, but I know I'd that like there... to go. And if you remember, Urantia has the beginning. It says each entity that channeled that section, yeah. like Melchizedek is one, and they have an angel that does. I'd like to go and read the ones that are talking about that and who is the entity that channeled that. Mm. I'd like to find that out. I have read the the book going on against Urantia. Um, there's a there's a guy that that wrote a book about it, and there's some other people. There's some stuff. Also, the newer Urantia stuff doesn't seem authentic. They're, they they have some newer channelings where they're channeling sources, and it just seems clearly like fake. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it doesn't sure. seem legitimately. You know. So, but well, look. Um, I mean, here, here's the thing that caught my attention of it initially was like the syntax and like the structure of, you know, what, you know, the way that it's written and how right. could they know about certain scientific things before those things came to fruition and, you know, the mainstream. Right. And, uh, but yeah, again, Sadler possibly, probably actually is most likely an asshole and a right. product, a product of his time and thinking and outdated views and flaws and things like that. Um, and having racist thoughts, obviously. And again, a lot of, you know, you go back to the founding fathers, you know, there's a lot of things that are built on those ideas that are wrong. And now we know they're wrong back then. I mean, who knows, you know, your consciousness evolves. It's always been wrong, you know, and when we look back, but you know, for those guys, who knows what they were thinking? And that's the tough part about talking about all this historical texts and documents and stuff like that. Well, Um, I'm hopeful and when I read the, and I interview with Jim McCarty with the Law of One, there's this concept that we are going to move into and become a social memory complex, that the Akashic record will become a conscious living thing that we will integrate with. And there will be a point where we can access the incarnations of everybody on Earth slowly. And it's something that normally happens on any planet, sort of group mind forms that you interact with individually. And so there'll be a point maybe in the future where we know we know the history not because we read about it on the internet or something, but we just know. Mm-hmm. And that we'll start to know. We'll start to get more and more information. Uh, it might be super slow. It might be hundreds of years. You do see like people reacting more fervently now on TV when something happens. Mm-hmm. It's because of a personal connection. When somebody, some injustice happens in the past, it was like, oh, that's just something on TV. Now it's like you feel like it's happening to you. Right. There's a connection happening. So wouldn't it be exciting if there's some point in the future where we all know we start to the the Akashic sort of unveils and slowly we start you meet your friend and you know everything about your friend, like everything about your friend. And it's kind of a natural thing. And and then slowly everybody just knows everything. There'll be a point in time. I would think that would be incredibly exciting and interesting, possibly a bad thing. (laughs) Right. Right. But that's yeah. what they discuss is the next level is this this social memory complex that forms. Right? Well, it's interesting you bring it up, too, because I feel like with the Internet, that is kind of what's going on. And like this, the Internet's the, the beginning of it. The Internet has are, made right? us aware of like, oh, the, these are these aren't myths of problems. These are real problems that are happening right now that do right. affect all of us. And um, that's why, like I said, it's important to point out. You know, Sadler was a racist, and the Urantia Papers has some questionable 
shit in there, you know, like things like that. I think it's important to like course. point those yeah. things out because now we know, you know, now this isn't 1920, 1930. We do have resources. We do have ways to check up on things. There is Wikipedia, there is Google, you know? So, right. um, and again, how do you separate the art from art? Like how many artists and musicians and even right. athletes have done terrible things and people still hold them in higher regard, you know? So, right. I know they had, uh, you know, um, who was it? Uh, I don't know. I forgot where I was going with that, but yeah, just, you know, any, think of anybody that's done anything terrible that's been in the spotlight and then you still have fans of those people. So, um, yeah. And I know people still listen to, uh, you know, all the greats that have done messed up terrible, even like Ty Cobb, right. Didn't he used to supposedly right. kill somebody or something you know so all of our heroes end up end up falling at some point it feels like and then there's still people that support them so you know and nobody's perfect but at the same time i think that there are like levels of you know fucked up shit that people have done so right um but yeah i mean it's 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 an interesting conversation like i said we can that's a whole different topic too is like separating somebody's art or you know somebody's research or work from the terrible ideas that they might have had themselves so right um but yeah so um let's let's wrap it up there is there anything else you want to plug just thanks for thanks for having me on thanks for supporting me from the beginning and helping me out with my channel I owe you. Thank dude, you so much, dude. I you don't owe me. I, it was just being a nice guy, I, and then I, I, I you I did it yourself, it. man. It was your your original I'll ideas. Here's the thing: is nobody on YouTube is just gonna. You don't just like spring into stardom. You know, like you have to have something that that's not there, or that like a service or something that people want or something valuable to people. So it's right. you know your meditation, your guided meditations. You know, no, people aren't putting out two videos a day. You put out two videos a day. That's insane. You know, so just one, just one a day. Oh, do you? Maybe uh, two. Oh, I'm okay. tempted. All right. I could, I have some backlog, but I've always tried to keep it to one. <laughs> but like, okay. So, but for that part, you know, you are pumping out material and I think people appreciate that and people can count on that. And if you've had a bad day and you know that there's going to be a meditation or, you know, you can fix that. And look, the whole thing is let's love, you know, let's bring people together. Let's, um, you know, everybody let's, let's all get on the same page and let's, let's turn this thing around. You know, it's been a rough year. We can do it. It's been a rough year for everybody. And I think that we can, you know, we can all heal and we can all fix this thing and we can come together, you know, through the knowledge of the ancients on top of the, you know, the modern, weird stuff that we're doing to achieve, you know, you know, new ideas and techniques and things like that. So check out the reality revolution book, check out the reality which is Brian's website. And if you have not already go to the reality revolution YouTube channel and uh, subscribe there because I do, I do love the meditations and he's got a bunch of stuff on, you've got interviews, you've got um, lots of stuff on there. So people should go check that out. And one more time, oh, I'm going to give a shout-out to our patrons, too. So we have a few new patrons I want to give a shout-out to. We have Matt from Delaware, who's actually kind of uh, pushed me along. And I got a few other emails, too, but he kind of inspired me to create some new Patreon platforms and create a little community on Discord and stuff like that. So shout-out to Matt from Delaware. Uh, also, shout-out to Laser Printer Jam. Um, I, you know, I don't know what your real name is, but we love you and Wendy, and Corey, and Jeff Nash. So shout out to all of you. We love you. Appreciate it. Thank you for supporting the show. Again, here's all the new tiers. Um, 
you can sign up and uh, Patreon or uh, yeah, go through our Patreon, sign up for one of the tiers for two dollars a month. You'll get all of the exclusive guest episodes, and we are going to be doing secret episodes going forward. So I'm not going to give out any information. It's not, I'm not going to let you know what guests or what the topic is or what's going on. There might be some crazy new and in, in, you know innovation type stuff happening with that. So go check that out. And uh, one more time, head on over to Indra's Web. We'll try and get Brian on there here at some point, too, when it's live. Indra'sWeb.org and sign up to get an alert when the app goes live. The app is designed uh, for rational discourse. Me and a buddy created it. We were just waiting for all this, um, you know, all the uh, news coverage and all the, the crazy stuff that's been happening to die down a little bit, which it seems like hopefully it's going to here going into the new year. And that's it. Thank you again, Brian. And we'll have you on again in the future, maybe when Maurice is back here, if he ever comes back. Oh, Thank I, I, you. I, I appreciate it. I just want to point out, too, somebody did make a comment on our Apple saying that is Maurice hostage? Let him talk. We might make some T-shirts at some point that says Maurice, let Maurice talk. OK, because Maurice has been able to talk the whole time. He can talk whenever he wants. He's but, a good listener. He's a good listener. And he that's his decision. <laughs> so don't don't come at me with this. Let Maurice bullcrap okay we've done episodes for just him what we might do in the future is let him host an episode which will be interesting so yeah all right thank you all we love you stay safe out there and peace peace